abandon all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Saturday. Hope you're all doing well. And, I don't know, a couple things that happened to me recently that made me really, not really rethink the OSR, but redefine it in my head for myself. This is this is kind of going somewhere because I saw something that kind of changed it. But first, we have a voicemail from Jason. He did a two-parter here, so I'm just going to run them together. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Glenn. Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Just want to say I enjoyed your episode about dice just here this morning. Um, interesting ideas. I agree with you. Having ways to figure out the degree of success can be very useful with percentile dice it's really easy to you know take the character stat and divide it in half or even divide it in quarters and depending where the die roll falls in that is how well they succeeded right so the lower the die roll the better the success maybe um, or you have some systems where you know the closer to the dot closer to the stat the character rolls the better the success so if you have a 75 and you roll a 74 then that's a a better success than somebody that has a 35 and rolls a 34, right? If you're compared doing a opposed challenge, you could do that with a D6 system. Say you're just doing a tribute, do say a really light D6 system where you're doing a tribute checks. Although you'd, you'd really have to have like a 3D6 attribute range or higher to to get that kind of granularity. If you just have say two to twelve for your tributes, it'd be pretty hard to break down degrees like you know, percentile dice so percentile dice are pretty pretty good in that respect but I, I like your ideas the dungeon world thing works well and yeah keep up the great shows really enjoy listening to them. thank you much jason i appreciate that thanks for the thanks for the voicemail yeah um i i really think that that the the degrees are easier i mean yeah you can do a you can do something with 3d6, but the, the percentile is really like made for that kind of thing. So yeah, I would, I would probably stick with the percentile, but you're right about like, you know, 75, 74 is closer than 35, 34. So <laughs> I can't argue with that one, but it, the whole point is to make your mind, you make you think and come up with imaginative ways on how to tell the, the story, how the players and the GM can tell the story. Well, anyway, thank you very much, Jason. I appreciate it. I wanted to talk about the YouTube sphere out there, the video sphere, because there's a lot of good YouTube channels out there. And I wanted to talk about one in particular. Like Matt Colville does some good ones, and Matt Finch is doing his thing, and there's some actual plays going on, and you know, and but the one I want to talk about is questing based. Ben over at questing based. Because he does some of the best in-depth reviews of OSR games and retro clones that I have ever seen. I mean, I you know I do my part, but he really gets into it, and I'll talk more about that after this. Anyway, I, I'm trying not to make this because he's not paying me or anything, you know. So there, you know, there's no just put that up front. But I'm not trying to do a you know it's not it's not a thing where i'm trying to like you know an ad for him but 
questing beast because he recently did a video that really struck a chord with me and i want you guys to know more about it this and i've been playing hero quest with my thursday group the last couple of sessions and while it's hero quest and i appreciate what it does it's not quite role-playing and it highlights the part of role-playing which i get kind of tedious about I mean, I can get tedious if there's too much role-playing, but I also get tedious if there's too much battle, too much encounters, because that's what Hero Quest is all about, the encounter. And, you know, you're rolling funky dice, he's rolling defend, you might, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's it's a board game gussied up as a role-playing game. And, you know, that's okay, that's okay. I mean, you remember the old dungeon board game? It's the same thing. Oh, this is a little bit more involved. It feels a little more role play because you have hit points and you have things like that. And, but you know, you know, go in the room, kick the monster's butt, get the treasure, try and find traps. Go in the room, kick the monster's butt, try and find traps, get the treasure. Da 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 da. da, da. That gets old after a while. That's why I don't like to run dungeons at per se, like mega dungeons, because. You go down there, it's just, it can be same old, same old. You know, I like a mix, as you know, I like a mix of role-playing and role-playing, R-O-L-L, playing, you know, encounters, things like that. You got to have a healthy mix as far as I can. Getting that mix right sometimes takes a little finesse. But what I wanted to t tell you about that, and let's go back to Questing Beast for a minute. He did a video, and I'm going to try and put a link down there in the description in Anchor, on Anchor, of a, a link to the video I'm talking about, where he gives his take on what is the old school renaissance, what is the OSR. And I think it's probably the best description I've ever seen on YouTube, on, on the internet. He goes briefly into the history of how it happened and what's going on, what's going on in the scene now, and the basic principles that he, how he sees it, that what makes the OSR the OSR. And so many of those points resonated with me. And so I wanted to get that out and show, because it really made me think about, you know, where the OSR is and where it's going. Because it, because for a while, for a while here, I thought, you know, I hope the OSR. Ever since Fifth Edition came out, it it was like, God, I hope the OSR isn't going to die because Fifth Edition is so so popular. People get introduced to D and D on Fifth Edition now, and to me, that's always been a mixed blessing. Good, more players. Good people getting into the game. The downside is they're getting into Fifth Edition. They don't want to look at anything else. I'm not saying that's everybody, but like a good majority of them, they're going to play 5th edition, and they figure that's the one game they need, and that's all they're going to play. I guess that's fine. If it's a fan See, if it's a family thing, I can understand, because like, why should they have more than one edition of, say, D&D, &D, when they only have one set of Monopoly, one set of Clue, one set of Sorry, up in the family game 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 closet or something so i can understand that at the same time i wish they could broaden their horizons a bit but he does a really good job in this video of saying what exactly the osr is 
and what makes it so popular with the people who are in it. And he also reassured me that the OSR ain't going nowhere. It's still going to be there because whatever the new... And I'm not just... You know, every time I talk about this, I always want to say, I'm not ragging on 5th edition per se. I'm ragging about the new shiny, whatever the new shiny is. It could be 6th edition. It could be Pathfinder 2.0. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's going to gravitate towards the new shiny. And everybody was so surprised about 5th edition being such a game changer, such a a profile raiser for role-playing games in general. So there's that. And, and everybody's saying, yeah, you go, you know, get more people, get, get it more respectable, basically. They're <laughs> saying role-playing games become respectable. But it's also a narrow focus. It's like having, it's like getting more people, but they all have blinders on. So I'm glad there's a video like this out there to explain what exactly the old school renaissance is. And one thing he said about the retro clones was the fact that it gets more people out there. What he didn't mention was one of the reasons the retro clones happened is because people who want to play the older editions, they're getting, the, the copies are getting scarce at the time. This was before print on demand or anything like that, or, you know, Watsy decided, deciding to put their old stock on PDF or anything. That's before that. And it's like, yeah, that people are, people were combing, like use bookstores and things like that for this because they couldn't find them. So that's what that's a big part of what what prompted the retro clone movement, starting with yeah I'm going to say starting with Osric. I mean there could be an R you can make an argument with like Hackmaster or something like that, but that was specifically licensed to Kenzer. So I consider Osric the star of the OSR right there. So. Go watch that video. See if you agree with me. If you agree with me, I'm going to go start my day. So if you agree with me or not agree with me or whatever, drop me a line over at oldmangrognardgmail.com or send me a vo- give me a voicemail on Anchor. And, and <laughs> we are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help us or help me run this program, and I would thank you. And once again, thank you, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, and Daniel for supporting me. I appreciate it. Don't forget Marcy Wallrings, the yawning, the yawning, I can't talk today, the yawning owlbear. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. (laughs) 